Hello and welcome to A Voice of Hope with Troy Peverall. This show is designed to offer hope for you and your family as you navigate through the struggles of life. We believe that this hope that comes from Jesus can lead you to live a life of victory in Him. I'm Chris Sasser, and today I get to lead us through a conversation about hope. We are glad you're here. Well, hello and welcome to A Voice of Hope with Troy Peverall, and today we have a room full of Peveralls. And so, Troy, I'm excited to have the conversation we're about to have. Why don't you tell us who we have with us here today, and then we're going to hear from them a lot. Well, to my right here, actually, you guys can't see, but to my right is my bride, Kim. She's with us today. And to my left are my mom and dad, and uh, it's great to have them here. Um, To the listeners, we are, again, a voice of hope, and mom and dad really fit, fit that picture uh, throughout their life as being voices of hope and still are today. Um, so we wanted them to come in and be that voice of hope today uh, for our listeners and a topic that's really um, something actually I've, I've heard of more and more recently in the counseling room. So Okay, so before we get to them, I'm going to put you on the spot. Sure. And Kim, you may have to help him here. So you just mentioned that they have been a voice of hope for you for all of your life. Talk a little bit about how and why. So the picture that I get, I think I actually might have shared this in a recent episode um, where there was a time um, I was one of four. I was, I think I would call myself probably a little more difficult than maybe the other three in some ways. Do we get an amen from this (laughs) other? And so I remember this will always stick in my mind as difficult as those days were um, at times um, was running down the hall, walking down the hall and headed back to my bedroom and. My dad's door was cracked open a little bit, and I happened to look through, and he was on his knees. And I'll never forget that picture of just him being in prayer because that was a real picture to me. And as you may actually even hear today as we were talking, um, their devotional life has has not stopped. And so we get to experience, even when Kim and I go over there, they have their their Bibles, their devotional books all laid out, and their daily bread um, devotional. So um, they have just been an inspiration in that way for all of the kids. Uh, I look back and I go, you know, um, no family is perfect, and you don't have to be. Um, But if you could get one thing straight, and I think I mentioned this the last time, is that to give your kids, um, you know, a walk with God by your own example, is what they need more than even you as a parent. And so you're loving Jesus, back it up with parenting, but your love for the Lord is is really what changes lives. Wow, that's great. So Al and Norma, thank you guys so much for being here. You guys have been believers and in ministry for a long time. So if, if people don't know you, what would you want to kind of 62 quickly? 62 years. 62 years. Well, not, is that how old you are? No. <laughs> okay, you've been in ministry for 62 years. But right. I, I'm a little older and well, you look great for 62. <laughs> That's right. So, so tell everybody just a little bit about you guys and kind of your, your, your history, and then we'll get to some of these questions just about your, your faith. Well, I, I love really to talk about this, not because I've got a sermon ready, but I've often uh, been blessed to, uh, you know, talk about my faith, to meet new people who have faith, and so it's been a great, it's a, you know, great time for us. And uh, I was thinking about the first, uh, the, the background of churches served as pastor. Uh, just start out, say, 
say I all not just count how many churches I preached in over the years, but it's uh, just the seven churches that I served as the pastor. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. That's good. Yeah. And, and, and Norma, talk a little bit about what, what has your experience just been in being in churches and uh, kind of being along the ride as he's been pastoring a lot of different churches? Well, <clears throat> I've often been told I wasn't the typical pastor's wife. <laughs> I want to hear why. This is going to be fun. <laughs> I am just me. And I've often said, if you don't like it, that's your problem. Hey, I like it. And um, I did not grow up the same way he did. He came from a Christian background. I did not. So our to- two stories are totally different because mm. our roads in, in childhood and life were different until we got together as husband and wife. Um, I've been asked, what's it like? <clears throat> I'm sorry, I have that's a frog. Okay. <clears throat> what's it been like to be a pastor's wife? And I've often told people, can I plead the fifth? <laughs> <laughs> I said it's the most impossible situation anyone could be in, but I feel so honored that God chose me to be a preacher's wife. Wow, that's great. That's great. Uh, one, could I one one little short thing? Absolutely. Some of my ministries through the year earlys, and they would, I'd hear gossip going on. It says, "Well, she doesn't act like a preacher." <laughs> <laughs> I've been accused of that many times, uh, and, and I, I wear it as a badge of honor. I, I, as I would too. <laughs> I think it's great. I do because you don't have to conform to what people think you should be. You just got to be you. Uh, that's and it. who God's created you to be. That's beautiful. Yeah. Okay, so so looking back, what are a few things that you guys can say kind of were life-changing and shaped both of your uh, your lives as believers in Christ? This one is really uh, very, means a lot to me, but I, I it, to start this, and because there have been so many things, I have been able to, God called me to certain ministries and some of them, and I, I would be thinking, I don't know if I can handle that. But it actually, um, it was, when you talk about shaping, um, first of all, I mean, just try to quickly, uh, I went to a, a little church, a little um, elementary school to start out, and, and my family was not really techni- technically uh, finished at being a Lord, being a, a, a Christian, mm-hmm. and so that was one place. Of course, then of course I went on to an, ch- another ch- uh, another school. Ended up I jumped away from a school that I went to, like Stonewall Jackson, Jackson, that where they going to tear it down, mm-hmm. and um, in in Roanoke, Virginia. But uh, the the uh, thing is, uh, at Jefferson Senior High School was a time where I, I kind of came out pretty much in many ways. And it's too many to list. Yeah. But anyway, that's the way, the way it happened. And um, but the and all through that process, I mean, just like something, anything I say about. I achieved. I don't. I'm not trying to do that. I yes, don't want to do that. I get it. Only I only looked for, for God, 
if he wanted to meet me to do something. So, but I did get chance to do, be on the stage in that sense, because uh, our school, um, we became were asked to be um, go to a, a school, not a school, uh, but a, a place in the South. Uh, it was um, it was football, and we were in this football, and we had several t uh, t uh, title and. And we it was we won the national championship. Wow! Yeah. So it sounds like kind of during your high school years is when you really kind of started growing, and uh, and 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 learning more about sort of who you were. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Norman? What were some really shaping times for you when it comes to sort of your life and your faith as a believer in Christ? Well, I came from a different background. Um, my childhood and my background was not good. Alcohol was a very much of a part of my childhood and upbringing and so I looked at both <clears throat> the my family and I looked at it and I said that is not what I want for my life mm -hmm. so I made choices in the opposite direction um, I had no spiritual um, people that influenced me and my family and I came to know the Lord when I was 16 but I had a friend that had started inviting me to church and that's in, at 14. And then when I was 16, I accepted the Lord. And I often tell people I made the Lord the uh, offer that he would not refuse. Not that he couldn't, but he wouldn't. And I told him, Lord, there are three things I ask. You can have my heart and my life, but there are three things I require. And I said, I need to be happy because I've been miserable most of my childhood. And I said, I want a husband that will love me for the rest of my life. And we've been married 62 years. And I said, I want four children because I was like an only child, even though my brother was eight and a half years older. I wanted four children, boy, girl, boy, girl, and all by the time I was 30. I had boy, girl, boy, girl, and my last one was born when I was 30 years old. Wow, that's amazing. So that's how God, my life experiences is what has influenced in one friend is what brought me to the Lord. Mm. That's amazing. So, so you mentioned that friend. Can either one of you just for another few minutes talk about any other kind of key people in your life uh, who helped you kind of see more about your faith or see more uh, about the, the way that God wanted you to go? I, I just kept myself just serving God and he led the way. My dad was... She had gone into the army. In fact, I ran in the other day to, to uh, one of the stores, and there was a guy standing and away from me, and it, it was an army hat. He had been in the army. I couldn't help but go over there because it, that's exactly what my dad had, he had been there mm -hmm. in, in the service yeah. in World War II. And my mother was a, just a wonderful, good person. And uh, <laughs> Yeah, so through the years, um, just listening to some of their stories, um, I think I have this correct. As much as mom did not come from a Christian background, 
Um, my, my dad, from what I understand, did not come from a Christian background either. But when he found himself in church life as a boy, your parents followed and they ended up receiving Christ. Wow, that's pretty so amazing. it was the child actually in this case that had the influence on their parents. So when my dad says, you know, he was somewhat alone, um, God used him in a sense to lead the way and his mom and dad uh, became Followed believers. Behind. That's what I remember as, as, that's all I remember. My grandparents also going to church, Waverly Place Baptist Church. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, and so knowing later at some point that my dad as a boy was the one that was a voice of hope to them. To them. That's powerful. And I just think that's a powerful testimony to everybody who's listening that, yeah, you know, the preferred way is perhaps your parents lead you to Christ, but if they're not in that position, you as the child can lead your parents to Christ and your kids. Yeah, God's still going to do what he wants to do, and he can use you and to have right. that impact in your family. That's great. Well, we're going to take a quick break uh, for a commercial. When we come back, we're going to really talk about sort of how you can have purpose in your older years as you kind of continue doing ministry in a lot of different ways. And so we'll have a conversation about that when we return. You are listening to A Voice of Hope. Don't you just love the word renew? It offers a chance to take a look back while holding new possibilities in hand. It's a word that offers healing, but without the bonds of despair, and it seems to point us in a new direction while giving promise to move forward. This is Kim Peverall with A Voice of Hope. This ministry has been created to bring encouragement in a relevant, easy conversation. Through insights offered from Troy, Chris, and their guest, it's our desire that you'll become a voice of hope in your walks through life and into your community. Let's change the narrative of the last year and make a plan to choose positive perspective and embrace hope. Practice peace and fight your tendency to become anxious. Instead, pray. Pay attention to new ways to encourage others. Simple steps like these will affect change in your own life and spill over into your community. We invite you to find more resources for hopeful living at agape-counseling.org and equipandencourage.com. Hey, thanks for listening. We are honored to share this journey together. So Chris, one of the things that uh, has really just stood out to me over the last year, my, my parents, I never lived near my parents, um, had not lived near my parents since I was 18 years old. And so they moved here in 2020, right before COVID hit. And uh, my dad and I have built our relationship somewhat through uh, the activity of playing golf through the years. But it would always be, I would be coming in from Texas or Cleveland, Ohio, or Uh, Danville, Virginia. And so we're playing over the last year. And, you know, as he continues, and I I don't like this word aging, I like maturing. But as he has matured in life, um, even on the golf course, uh, it astounds me physically. And I say to him off, you know, often that I just hope that when I'm his age, that I can swing a club. And he's like the ever ready battery. He his his physical shape is just doesn't stop. It never it never ends. And so it's been inspirational from that standpoint. But Kim is going to share that that he 
he hasn't stopped in the other ways of being a voice of hope. Well, and before we get there, I'll say I would imagine playing golf with a guy like him runs you nuts because he probably hits it straight down the middle every single time. <laughs> it might straight. not be as far as it used to be, right? But he's going to get there in three or four, and it's going to be right. a good That's score, right? right? Yep. Yeah. Anyway. So I I came into this family. Um, you know, Troy and I dated for six years. Um, we started dating when I was um, officially fifteen. Um, but we knew each other when I was 12. We grew up in the same youth ministry. So, so wait, what that means is you really started dating when you were 13, but it wasn't official. Right, quite. right. Okay, I think, yeah. I think I see terms, what's going on here. Yeah, I think, that, I think the terms back then were going together. Okay, I got right? you. Remember? And um, so, but we officially, yeah, we officially started dating um, back when I was 15. And so I've, I've been a part of the family for many years. And... Um, one of the things that has always been true of the family is the spiritual heritage, and Troy Troy talked about that, and um, that those are those are meaningful things. Those are ways that um, my my parents in law have have impacted and, and helped to shape my maturity in Christ. And I've mentioned on previous episodes that they my mother in law has a hotline to heaven, and if you ask her to pray. <laughs> she will pray, she will take it seriously, and it'll go straight up and usually get answered. So um, the Lord speaks to her heart in um, almost audible voices, um, for sure. And so, um, but over the years, and since they've lived here, I think, since Troy's dad uh, retired from ministry, one of the things is his heart for ministry has never, ever faded and um, so being here in Wilmington, sort of out of uh, where we grew up, out of his zone, this is new to him. And when they moved here, they, they came with the, with the hope that uh, God was bringing them to something new. Um, and though it wasn't church ministry in the church itself, it's nothing for him to go out on the sidewalks and he loves conversation and he'll just strike up conversation with people and pretty soon he's he's on the whole evangelism do you know jesus the faith the faith walk and um it's just a a very sweet and endearing thing and we tell him all the time don't you see god has given you a church outside of the physical structure and surely that's you know that's beautiful in his eyes I was just I was just thinking about uh, recently the, the whole idea that, and this may not sit well with any with everyone listening, but to me it's it's so pivotal to experiencing the life of Christ, and that is that your walk with God should trump your church walk, meaning that it should be the thing that propels you to church, but it should not be the thing that replaces your walk with God, and so. Um, I think that whether or not my dad is, you know, serving in a church ministry or whether or not he's walking in the streets, his walk with God is leading him, which is just as important, if not more important these days, to be outside of, quote, a, a church structure and to be able to share the gospel with people whenever and wherever. He's a lot better at that than I am, for sure. Mm. So, Alan Norma, how would you guys describe the ministry that you have here now as you've moved into the area? Like, what does ministry look like in your eyes? How would you describe it? Off, I started out myself when I went got went into learning how to witness to people 
and and it's always been part of my life and i come back to the to that but she recently had a situation of a couple and i met a man a young man and we became friends and he wasn't a christian and and but yet he we, he had a, a woman and she at our dining room and after we had had some food that she norma read led her to christ mm-hmm. and uh as as i'll never so, never so so for you guys it's just being able to meet people and build relationships yeah. and have kind of real conversations with them norma talk about kind of that situation with that lady and like how you stepped into that and how God was leading you in that. Well, the girl the girl was not a born-again Christian. She did, had not come to know the Lord. The young man had been a Christian for about two years, but he had not grown, I don't think. But the Lord says in the scriptures, be ready in season and out of season. And what that means is as you go through life, be always ready when he needs you. And you listen for certain clues and she said I don't she made the statement I don't know the Lord I don't know how to be a Christian well I jumped on that (laughs) I said would you like to know how and she said yes I said well this is how you do it if you want to you can pray your own prayer or you can follow me in the in the sentence prayer of the sinners and so she followed me and now after she had prayed the sentence prayer I asked her the most important question, where is Jesus in relationship to you? And she answered me immediately, he's in my heart. I said, and that's how I know it took. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I knew she was serious and that, so that's how I see we are, we are to always be ready whenever God wants to use us. Mm-hmm. And in fact, we can say, pray, uh, Lord, send me if you want me to witness to someone open the door. Mm. You wait on God and you move by the unction of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. It's, I think it's good to also know that you guys met them um, in a practical thing of life, which was they were working on your house, right? He was. Yeah, he was working on her house, on their house. So again, it's not like, you know, the divine appointment has to be that you got to come to this building or the divine appointment is, you know, you got to go just find someone. Sometimes that divine appointment is just simply doing life, mm-hmm. yeah. but being sensitive to knowing. Yeah. Well, I love the fact that that when you were having that conversation with her, you asked her, well, do you want to know? Mm-hmm. Like you, you invited her to say yes exactly. to something instead of what I think, you know, I know early in my life as a believer, I was taught you have to kind of pound people with it and how, you know, especially I think in, in our culture that doesn't work, but you, you gave her an invitation. Hey, do you want, do you want to hear about the truth in the gospel? Exactly. We used to say, if you don't co- come to the Lord, you're going to hell. Well, <laughs> there are some who've come to claim to have come to know the Lord that are going probably to hell. So, you know, yeah. you have to invite people. You can't push them. You can't beat them over the head with, Christianity. Yeah. You just got to be you and let Jesus shine. You know, you were just saying that going to hell or if you don't, you know, if you don't come to Jesus, but I also just think about how so many people feel like they're living in a hell and 
they're ready to come to Jesus, Mm -hmm. you know? And so we don't know the walks of people's lives, but right now, I mean, more and more, you can just see people's lives are hurting, you know, and that may be their own personal hell, this side of true hell, you know? Yeah. There's no doubt that, um, I, I like the, I just see more and more pain and hurt and people living in kind of their own personal hell right now that I feel like I've seen in a long time, quite honestly. And I would just jump in here real quickly and say that what my experience with them is that they are always ready. Like we talk about, she, she mentioned being in season and out, but they are, they are in season all of the time. They are looking for their opportunities. And we were talking about that. You know, do you still have opportunities as seniors and do you still feel useful to Christ? And I can say for sure with them that they, they are always ready to be used in that way and whatever God chooses. The, yes, she is, she is right. Um, you always want to be ready to be used, if you are a believer, to share your faith with Christ, because that's the only hope that any human being has. Mm-hmm. He is our only hope. That's right. Yeah, I think there's a bunch of scripture that talks about that in there. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Well, we are uh, going to have to end this conversation today, but we're going to kind of be able to hear uh, part two of the conversation next time we're together because what we're going to really dive into is just other ways that um, you can have purpose in life as you sort of grow and mature, not not age, right, <laughs> Troy? Because right. <laughs> um, there are a lot of ways that we can do that. And so thank you guys for being with us here today. I, I don't want to push it, but could I have a, a, just a little bit of... You'll get the next one. Okay. Yeah, 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 we're gonna do a whole nother episode. Yeah, that we'll get to start. We'll start with that. Well, okay. Yeah. Well, thank you for listening to us today on A Voice of Hope. Uh, we hope it has been helpful uh, for you. Uh, if you want more information, you can get it at agape-counseling.org and equipandencourage.com. And uh, we will talk to you next time on A Voice of Hope.